Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. My next guest wears many hats. He's a TED Talker host. He's been featured on MSNBC, BT, TV1, VH1, Hot 97, Fox, and more. But he's really made an impact on the scene when in 1998, Greg Watkins and himself established allhiphop.com. With that, I want to welcome the CEO and co-founder of allhiphop.com, Chuck Kriegmer. I want to welcome him to the library with Tumanico. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This is great. Um, so... I always like to know, how did this journey begin for you? I know you were an independent journalist, yeah. but obviously I think to do what you do, you, you, you have to have passion for the culture, for the music, for the elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there something like you wanted to be an MC and you tried, couldn't do it, and you know, like, like yeah. you know, when you can't do, you do something else, a way to contribute to the culture? Yeah, well, that's part of it. I mean, I, I you know, we came up when hip-hop was, you know, before it was very popular what it is right now, but at the at the my formative years, we did everything. You know, anything that involved hip hop, you did it. So might be graffiti, might be breakdancing or rapping, whatever, everything. We did everything. Um, even DJing, which I was not a good DJ <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, I did take to MCing and there were people like K R S one, Chuck D, of course, Cool G Rap was my favorite oh, wow. you know, far, as far as the impact on me. Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, and those guys. Once once those guys came, and DMC from Run DMC, he was highly influential on me too. Those guys were the guys that took it, the lyricism to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I gravitated to them. But, you know, you move on in life. You go to college, high school, blah, blah, blah. You start to flesh out what you want to be. I was always good with the pen, you know, so the pen and writing and and I gravitated to that in a lot of ways because I grew up uh the child of two educators and I think that I always had you know just some way with words mm. so I decided to become a journalist in high school and then college I really deep dived but what I was able to do in college I was able to meld everything together my everything in hip hop you know, except for dancing, <laughs> um, I was able to put. The, so I was, a, you know, I was a college DJ. I was, um, you know, a writer. I was also promoting shows like KRS One. We brought a bunch of people to the school and um, just melded everything into one. So, and then when you got get out, you gotta like narrow it down more. Right. So that's when I became like a journalist. 
so to speak. Was it always for you to be, I guess, a quote unquote hip hop journalist or did you, I mean, was it just like kind of the sky? Always entertainment. Um, I was an entertainment editor and hip hop was a, more of a focus. But in my school, which was a predominantly white school, we, you know, there wasn't a lot of diversity in that regard. So I brought that to the table, so to speak. So I, I um, was there, you know, I guess you could say, you know, the source was popping. So, you know, you had a lot of great writers out of the source and vibe and later double XL. And those guys were really good writers. We don't mm -hmm. even, we don't even see that caliber of writer in hip hop. Anymore. Right. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, as all hip hop.com was established in 1998. And what I kind of, my approach to this podcast is not coming off as a quote unquote expert of everything. It's just more of like what was going on at that mm -hmm. time that made things important. Like why was I, a, you know, why was I in fifth grade and my teacher for some reason let me, present in a cassette tape self-destruction right. i don't know what i was i don't know what i presented but you know mm -hmm. and, um but i but i do remember that um so in 1998 take us back to that year what was that void you thought was that was happening in rap music hip-hop journalism yeah. that needed to be filled yeah and then what kind of what really said to you all right uh this is why we need to start contributing to well oddly enough there were a lot of different things going on first of all the music was incredible that year i mean you had people like you know, Big Pun and DMX, you know, some of the older guys were still doing it, like Onyx, um, Cannabis. I mean, it was mm. flourishing, most deaf. I mean, it was flourishing so much. It was like another golden era in the golden era. Right. And so, you know, we were still very active across the board. Greg was doing his thing with an independent record label. I was doing my thing by that time, going back and forth to New York, interviewing people, then going to my corporate job. It was really super aggressive. And we experienced rejection, heavy. So I was trying to write for places like The Source. The same people I grew up idolizing, I was having difficulty writing for them. Mm. And on the other side, Greg was having some, some difficulty selling records. But he found, like I found, online leveled the playing field. <laughs> so he was selling digital, um, he was actually selling digital versions of his music or he was selling units online. And I was realizing because I had another website, Tantrum, that I got a global look at mm -hmm. my work. You know what I mean? So I got, I'm writing for these independent magazines, all these in, incredible artists I'm interviewing like DMX and Ja Rule and, right. you know, Red and Meth. And then you put it online and all these people see it. Right. It's crazy. And it was viral before viral. So we just decided to get together and, and we saw the void and we were in a way very rebellious, like, man, these guys, you know, gonna st not stick it to them, but like, <laughs> I've rejected everything that I loved, all the right, all the gl glitzy writing. I didn't want to do that. So we would do it in Q&A form, mm. which was directly what the artist is saying. Exactly. Even when they're mad, like Prodigy of Mob Deep one time was in a beef with Jay-Z. And he's like, yo, don't even put his name on the page. And P's my man, by the way. You know what I'm saying? But at that point, it was super aggressive. aggressive. And I was like, what? I'm going to put every word on the page. Even you saying, don't put this on the page. I'm putting it on the page. And we just, you know, we just did it like that. And people ate it up. 
like really ate it up. And it was crazy because we just didn't expect it. But I think we knew what people wanted and we were going to give it to them without the filter of glitzy writing. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's kind of where we made our mark. Was that, I, you mentioned the, the, um, uh, your, your co your, your, your partner on this, uh, uh Craig's, Greg's, um, uh, record label. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was interesting for me when I was reading about it is that, you know, he like allowed digital downloads on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, were there lessons that you guys took from kind of both sides? I mean, not just your experience with Tantrum, but also with uh, his label that you kind of were able to use for your game plan, I guess your business plan for allhiphop.com. Wait, say that again? Was there like a, a lesson you learned from, you know, not just your own website, Tantrum, but also... Uh, the oblique records, um, mm-hmm. those lessons, even though totally with especially record label, totally different field, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, all right, what works online, what doesn't work online? Yeah, well, I mean, that's just how that's just how we learned that um, you know daily news was more important than um, what people were doing. They were just uh, random updates weekly and things like that. Um, I think we knew that we had to super serve the audience. Um, you know, I think that we learned what people wanted that way. You know what I'm saying? So the label didn't necessarily flourish, but I think it gave us an insight on what people wanted. Mm. And we were determined to give them that. I think the great thing about uh, this, this art is that I think we all go through this like love hate relationship with it. Right. Uh-huh. And, and um, I regrettably, I think there was a point in the nineties where I wouldn't, didn't want to listen to anything that was on the radio. Uh-huh. It's like, and, and partly it was because it's like, Politically, I thought we shouldn't be just talking about materialism, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so whatever. And then, yeah. then Black Star came with an album. I was like, I got to play this for everyone because right. it's great. Uh, in hindsight, you you know, I, you know, look at the people that dropped in the 90s and you're like, oh, yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Oops, my bad. Right. Um, did you ever go through that? I mean, I, I feel like with the service that you guys provide, it's, 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 it's harder to go through that because yeah. you have to – because not everyone has the same love-hate relationship that you're having with mm-hmm. the, this artist or with this genre at the time. Yeah, well, I think the the beautiful thing about me and Greg and what our appreciation for hip-hop is, is, you know, I tell people all the time, we call it all hip-hop for a reason, and, and that is because in, in a lot of ways we really do love all aspects of hip-hop. Did we reject certain parts of it? Yeah. A lot of people accuse us of being biased to New York rap or East Coast rap. I think that's... A fallacy, I think it's just because we're able to get those artists a little bit easier mm-hmm. than we are to someone in, in California. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure exactly when I went to L.A., but it was well after we established the company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So culturally, I think there were, there were sites that served the audience, that audience better. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, come on. Like, let's just be real. Like, I was listening to, I mean, this, this song came out way before all hip-hop, but... You know, I was listening to Snap. I got the power. Remember that? Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I hated this song so much. I mean, there were certain parts of hip-hop we just didn't didn't like. But it never turned us off to the music in general. You know, I, I tell people a lot, you know, when Jay-Z first, first came out with the Reasonable Doubt album, I was like, I was a fan, but I wasn't like like a huge fan. Right. It was a lot more, you know, we're talking Jay Ruta Damager and, Duck down and all those guys, you know, a little grimier, you know what I mean? Not 
materialism wasn't something that I was into back then. Right. It, it wasn't even aspirational. You know what I mean? And there was later on with Jay-Z, you know, not that I'm a guy that's all into materialism, but you get a, a little older and you want to create wealth for yourself. And right. He's like, oh, okay. Let me get on my grind a little right. bit different. Right. Yeah. You, know, you get to understand what they're doing and, you you know, there's there's yeah. the maturity aspect to, you know, all yeah. this. Yeah, that, Definitely. You realize you're not like an 18 year old kid anymore that you have to right. start talking about, you know. Yeah, don't start having a a car note or, a, you know, even a house, you know, mortgage or a kid. Then you, you got to think about money. Right, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, Essence Magazine, they dubbed you guys as the CNN of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Right? Actually, Chuck D did that. Chuck D. Yeah, Chuck D did that before Essence. So, not, so he. So, because because the question, so because he also said rap was the CNN, if yeah. Right, but um, I think he did. Maybe, maybe I'm, I may, I may be revisiting that differently. But he did. There was something he did. But may, regardless, what that I feel like is the that once that happens, I feel how much mm-hmm. more pressure are you guys putting on yourselves? That it's like tremendous, terrible pressure. It's horrible pressure, man. I mean, the pressure to be responsible, the pressure to be accurate. The pressure to represent the culture respectfully all the time is hard. It's horrible, man. I mean, it's you know, you don't have anyone that does that anymore. Like, there's not a lot of people that do that anymore. There's not a lot of people, even if they do report well, that you can walk up and reach out and touch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a heavy burden, man, and it comes with a price. And a lot of times, that price, I think, for us could potentially be material. You know, for the longest time, we would not intertwine editorial and ad sales mm. and then you realize back you know later on down the line you're like everybody was selling everybody was doing it you just didn't know right and not to say that it's right or wrong but i mean i grew up a pure journalist you just didn't do that it was separate right you know and now you understand why certain companies were so profitable at their height because they were just charging it to the labels or the game or the artist and Drug dealers from where I'm from, Delaware, were like, yo, I want to buy an ad from the source for $30,000. I'm like, dude, that's 30 k Like, that's a lot of money. You, I don't care. Money's no object. But you think about it, and you're like, wow, that's how much money they were making, and that's how impactful they were to people's careers. Right. Um, something that uh, has to be, I mean, what, what really is makes you guys so respected of what you did. I mean, you took. In 1998, all I could think of is that you took a huge risk, a huge chance, because uh, at you know, hip hop wasn't established. I mean, you know, no matter what, rap music was not established yet, yeah. right? You didn't so know it. You didn't, it wasn't. You didn't right, and you didn't yeah. know that it was going to be this number one genre out yeah. there. Um, what was your kind of long term business plan with this? I mean, could you could allhiphop.com, I guess, exist as it does if if it, rap music was still quote unquote the under you know underground rap music versus its I think so commercial. yeah I think I mean we flourished in that era of underground because people really wanted it and they couldn't they didn't have a lot of outlets to get it you know you 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 had a lot of hip hop outlets but you couldn't go to USA Today or GQ or Esquire or there was no TMZ you know there were no mainstream outlets to get hip hop and I think also hip hop at that time. Um, really rejected being mainstream. You know, there was a, a notion that you had to be authentic. And being authentic uh, meant you talked to a journalist that understood you or you talked or you talked to the people that uh, identified with you as a, as a person. 
So um, I think our long-term strategy was to really um, sort of sort of really own the, uh, the, the user or the, you know, the audience, you know, from 8 to 80, you mm-hmm. know, because, at the, you know, hip-hop was beginning to um, see um, penetration in all markets, you know what I mean? So if you listen to so- someone who grew up in the 70s, I mean, not who was an adult in the 70s, would would know Sugar Hill Gang and, right. and really, perhaps you know, identify with Blondie or whatever, you know, and and see those earliest formations of hip hop, and may hate, you know, may not like Run DMC. Right, right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> like I've had people who love Melly Mel but can't stand Run DMC, and I'm right. like, how is how is that possible? But but there's an audience there, and we wanted that. So if if you go back far enough, you know, we used to do all hip hop week and all hip hop week was the pinnacle for us in in a lot of ways because it represented like a week long series of events that really expanded, you know, into all forms. You know, we did concerts, fashion shows, um, community service, you know, just about everything. And the whole hip hop community was a part of it. Like we did a black tie affair with Diddy and Puffy as the hosts. Wow. That's and then and they're Diddy's kicking Wendy Williams out of the VIP. I mean, it was it was crazy. I remember man. that time in radio. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, that's that was the long term strategy. And you know, business for self and business period is tough. So we experienced some learning bumps and bruises, and we were you know, maybe not the best business people in terms at that time. We weren't as mature as we are now. Mm. Uh, you're not just, uh, you know, you have all hip hop dot com. You, 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 and you, you've done a boatload of interviews, you know, with mm-hmm. all these yeah. artists. Um, I mean, I texted you about them, Gene Gray and, yeah. uh, but you know, you, you go to your site and you see, you see pictures of, uh, of you with Kendrick Lamar and mm-hmm. T.I. And T.I. I think is both are incredible artists, yeah. obviously. Um, when you were interviewing them, what was kind of that? What What did you, as a journalist, what did you take away from that experience? Um, and oh, what did you learn about them that you might have not known about mm-hmm. them at the time? But also, what did you learn about yourself uh, when, after the interview? With Kendrick? Or both, Kendrick, Kendrick and TIA. Well, I mean, you know, every interview I do, I take something away. I learn something from that person. Um, and, and early on, I learned even so, so much more. Um, with Kendrick, Kendrick was an in, in, a moment where I realized I wasn't as tapped in as I thought I was. He was huge by the time I interviewed him. And I didn't fully understand exactly. I knew who Kendrick was and I knew he was um, an incredible artist, but I didn't realize that he had tapped into like a vein, almost like just a straight injection into a, a generation that came after me. Right. Um, I also figured felt like Kendrick and his whole movement, I think that might be what it was that I didn't realize that he he was really a movement. Um, we're, we're, you know, really a throwback to the uh, old days of like Death Row Records, minus, you know, a lot of the negativity, but, you know, that, that you could still move with force and uh, influence. Um, you know, T.I., I, I've always respected him. And even at that point, I I saw him evolving as a businessman. Mm. And, you know, it's funny. Greg and I always keep ourselves, we're still completely owned by the two of us, but 
we're always looking for people to possibly work with or to even so so seek investment from and he's always been someone i've uh respected from that but mm -hmm. i i saw his evolution very early on from like just a trap star to really being a more influential person and, and a voice of a of the people what about a generational gap uh mm -hmm. within uh, yeah. i think rap music especially uh you know we always have old, old school is always not always but this shitting on new school uh -huh. and new school is uh -huh. like shut up old man that type yeah. of stuff right and but you it's, you get to, but you get to as a journalist you get you, you have to go throughout all schools right yeah I mean, uh, is there as much of a divide that as we make it out to seem? And if there is, like, how do, do you see that divide getting kind of smaller? I think the answer is yes and no. Yes and no. And I say, I say, I say yes because when people get older, they get completely, a lot of times, out of tune with what kids are into. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But what you have to do is say, I'm just, I'm out of touch. And just admit it. <laughs> right i had a huge debate with somebody over kendrick lamar and i was just like lady you don't know what you're talking you don't you don't even you've never even heard a song you don't, you don't even you have no idea what he sounds like right but you're comparing him to whoever jay-z or whoever and i'm just like yo come on you don't know what you're talking about now on the flip side i say no because you know i'm listening i'm listening to ybn corday or or someone like that or, or these griselda guys from buffalo and 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 they are so well respected, so dope, so in tune with what was happening now, but also in uh, creatively in tune with hip hop's rich tradition right. of just being dope. Right. Yeah. Period. And if you're into, it took my best friend. I've been telling him about Griselda like five years. Well, maybe okay, maybe not five, but like years. Finally, Griselda uh, Conway the Machine does a song with Eminem, and he, he listens. <laughs> All of a sudden, he goes down the rabbit hole. Right, of course. Like, yeah. dude, <laughs> took a song with Eminem. Not, not even your boy. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not a a great referral. That's <laughs> just the way it is. So there's the gap's not that bad, and 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 hip hop has everything you want if you tune in. Everything mm. from conscious. To gangster, to pop, to kiddie bop records, everything is there if you just open your ears and tune in. We don't get it the same way. Mm. We don't listen to. We don't sit in front of TVs and watch Rap City anymore. We don't listen to an hour of hip hop at midnight on your radio station, and they tell you what to listen to. Right. And that's the difference. People don't understand. So it's not that big of a difference. The gap is, you know, there's a lot of trash now, and there was a lot of trash then. Yeah. And 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 and, and you know the the reason we don't necessarily um, remember the trash as much is because there were gatekeepers and filters, and maybe you heard somebody once. Yeah. But I was a I was a DJ, and I was getting music for free since the '90s. You know, so I, I heard, heard everything. There's also, I think, uh, to to the point that it is so with streaming services, it is so easy to quickly dismiss a new artist. Yeah. Right? Like, because you're like, I went to a fate, and and I won't say the artist's name because he's a very popular artist, mm -hmm. and I just I just can't listen to him. But I 
I quickly start listening, mm-hmm. and then I just go to DMX's first album, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, right, because I'm like, this is this, I have to listen to DMX's first because it's an incredible album. Yeah, but of course, like, if I didn't have that, if I had to pay, whatever, fourteen dollars for a tape yeah. or a CD. I would force myself to listen right. to it and then yeah. maybe give them the better chance than being able to, I could quickly just go to someone else's album Absolutely. as much as I possibly can. And Yeah. It's different, man. You're, yo, if you, and that's the sad, sad side of it is that if you, if you have to pay for something, you're going to find the value. Yeah. You yeah. know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? It's you, true. You're going to force the value out of that. Um, and you won't get, you won't stop listening after 30 seconds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I mean. I mean, you better get it quick. Right, right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but, do, but on the other side, do you think the is it the younger the younger school the, the newer school mm-hmm. are they are you in your experience are they as dismissive as we make them out to be in terms of the people that paved the way before them? And also mm-hmm. in that sense, do you think they owe do do you think it, they owe it to the people before them to shout them out if they you know? Um, I say I okay. Are they dismissive? Yes. And I think they're dismissive for good reason, because we give them a really hard time. Mm-hmm. I think we give them a really hard time. And honestly, I feel very strongly that they are not able to hold, uphold the immense responsibility of competing with the golden era or before. Right. Yeah. It's I mean, come on, man. Like, imagine a young kid trying to compete with a big pun lyrically or having an impact like a DMX and then somebody comparing you to someone like that. Right. As if trash wasn't around or as if, you know, maybe somebody like, no disrespect to Mace, but just saying like like a lesser lyrical, you know, the pop Mace. Um, you know, like you're comparing these kids to like the best of the best. Yeah, you know what right, I'm saying. Right. So they, I think, uh, I think they reject it right. and say, so, okay, well, I'm just gonna do dumb rap, or I'm just gonna do mumble rap, or I'm just gonna you go, you know. And a lot of a lot of young rappers can rap. Like this kid Juice World that died, right. he has a freestyle uh, on Funkmaster Flex that's incredible. I, 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 once I heard that one song of his uh, about his girlfriend and kind of depression and. Suicide. I'm like, I'm not listening to this. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't like this song. Right. I don't like this theme. Nah. I t- I tuned all the way out. But he can rap, and I don't mean like half rap. I mean he could rap rap. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, you know kids are just going to be kids, and we have to let them be. You can nudge them. I have a I have a 19 year old cousin, and we argued yesterday. About who was better, Eminem or Royce the Five Nine? Oh wow! Damn. Oh, we went at it all freaking. I mean, it was like a, a text argument over like an hour, and I won, of course. Well, of course, of course. But he's gonna go listen to Royce. You nice. know what I'm saying? Yeah, nice. He's only yeah. heard one album from Royce, and that's where I stopped. And I'm like, hey, you've only heard one album. That's his mature album. You've heard which album? The Book of Ryan. Right. Oh, it's a great album. Yeah, great album. Yeah. But it's the mature Royce. Right. I want you to go back. You're comparing the mature Royce to the ignorant Eminem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, primetime Eminem with Book of Ryan Royce is, you know, it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that we uh, older guys and girls and ladies or whatever, we have to, you know, we got to like 
just like talk to kids, listen to them. Just, you know, just not don't be so heavy handed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and once you're cool with them, they'll listen to you. Don't wag your finger at them like back in my day. You know what I'm right. saying? We didn't have right MP3. Right. Yeah. <laughs> back in my day, you had to go to a concert. Or what? <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever, man. It's different. And and the same thing applied. I'll never forget hearing Grandmaster Melly Mel diss Run DMC. I'm like, is he crazy? Is he crazy? Like those are the uh, superheroes, right. the best. And but his point of view is different. You know, they were superstars. They were growing up around Rick James and Blondie and doing drugs and dressing extravagant. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just it's just different. It's like uh, Master Ace on the the Marco Polo album. He did mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Story, the first track. I don't know. If, uh, he actually breaks down the kind of the generational what's happened about. He's like, and pretty much says like, you, don't you remember our parents yeah. shitting on our music? You yeah. know that type of thing. It's like, so yeah. let's not continue to shit on the Absolutely. kids' music. And you know what? My I had wonder. My parents are wonderful. God bless my dad. He passed away, but. You know, me and my dad, we used to wear Adidas suits together. That's awesome. And, and he took me to my first Run DMC concert. Wow. Now, we didn't stay because they were so late. We left because uh, we thought we were going to get ripped off. So he took, <laughs> <laughs> we left. But I mean, my point is he was a cool dad. So mm-hmm. my, my parents never suppressed my love of hip hop. They only encouraged it. But I do remember people rolling over, steam rolling over CDs and cassettes. When it came. Yeah. Um. One person that I, I, it's like on my wish list to interview, and you're apparently friends with her, uh, mm-hmm. Jean Grey. Um, yeah. You did the, uh, the photo I see of you guys is the, uh, it's a, the hip hop moderator, mm-hmm. moderator uh, mm-hmm. and it's in uh, July 10th, 2016. Yeah. What were you guys talking? What was this conversation about? And uh, how, did you, I mean, how did you that meet her? That picture, Jean Grey, uh, myself, and another guy were on, we were on Pix 11 mm-hmm. talking about something. I can't, I can't remember. But I, yo, I had, to, I used to have a huge crush on Jean Grey. So we go all the way back to the early '90s. I'll never forget seeing her the first time. I believe it was at BB King's, and she had written her lyrics on her arm, and was was rapping and and reading off her arm wow. all the way down her forearm, like I think to her palm. I don't know if that was an actor, if she was right. really reading it, but <laughs> still, yeah. And I was like, I was like in love instantly. So later down the line, I worked at BET, and uh, one of my coworkers was like really good friends with her, and so I got to know her, and I, I just wanted to know everything about her. And I mean, it was well known that I had this huge crush on her, so I got to interview her and everything. We just became really cool. She's a super nerd, comic book. Obviously, the name yeah. alone says that. But you know, and um, I bumped into her. Um, I used, you know, like used to. We used to like kick it. I went been to her house, all that stuff. And, you know, life happens. People, you know, move on, get married, whatever. And Jean is one of the artists that I always feel bad about because, you know, we we pushed, like, we pushed Jean. I mean, like, you know, we fall in love with these artists, and then we we want everybody to love them. And we want, every, we want them to prosper, grow, and it's exhausting. Right. You know, when you're putting everything that you have at your disposal for them to blow up and it, and it doesn't happen in the way that you see it happening, you know, it's a little bit heartbreaking. So, um, you know, you know, I've, I've just seen jeans like periodically, you know, to this day, if she hits me up, I'm there. 
you talk about comic books and, and, and you do have something with her at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, obviously comics and hip hop mm-hmm. always, you know, they're mm-hmm. together. Uh, what, ha- what have you seen in terms of the influence that comic book has had on the hip hop scene, but also vice versa? And then how, so how has the comic book writing style, I think, influenced your own writing? Yeah, well, well comics are, 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 are my second second love. And, and it is because, uh, you know, co- comic books gave me and I didn't I didn't realize this until recently, but comic books gave me New York before I came to New York. That's amazing. Oh wow. Yeah. And hip hop gave me New York before I came to New York. But comics also opened my mind up to see the world and um and it and it really was a you know, comic books used to be evil. So at a certain point, you know, parents and stuff were just like hip hop, were like, Man, these comics are evil or they're you know, giving kids a bad ideas and stuff. But again, my my mom and my teachers, you know, it was a big discussion. They they say, "Hey, man, if this guy's reading. Let him read. Right, yeah. You know, reading is reading." And um, I would say that uh, comic books impacted me in in a, in a number of ways um, uh, through through and as well hip hop. Obviously, you know, you got people like Ghostface calls himself Iron Man, Method Man uh, calls himself uh, Johnny Blaze, which is Ghost Writer, and uh, um, and I mean, even if you go back to Africa Bambada, yeah. you see like comic book art. I mean, DMX. I mean, excuse me, DMC. You know, he he speaks a lot about how you know our favorite superheroes, the Incredible Hulk, right? And how you know we crash through walls, you know, come through floors. Like that's him rapping as the Incredible Hulk, right? You know what I mean? So it's just it's just great, man. I mean, oh, I just love having an imagination. You know what I mean? And um, imagination is everything to me you know being able to conceptualize yourself as something bigger than you may really be i'm a, I'm a shy kid from delaware mm. at the end of the day you know what i'm saying hip-hop allowed me to be s- express myself be great knowing that it's possible sing with comic books so when last time i did uh secret wars part one uh what was that what was your reaction when you heard that that track Oh, uh, last Emperor Secret Bars, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, crazy. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's another one. Come on, man. Oh my God, I was like, yo, it was. Uh, man, listen, I don't know where that guy is. I actually, I actually had his T-shirt for the longest time. I just had to give it up. But yeah, I mean, it's always been there. Always been there. Secret Wars is. I'm so waiting for Marvel to turn that into a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the next level, man. It's gotta happen. I have two more questions. Right. Um, you, you obviously established journalist. Uh, what has been that kind of that story that uh, you've been the kind of the most proud? I mean, it could be a couple of stories, mm-hmm. but you're kind of the most proud of because maybe it was not going to happen, and somehow mm-hmm. you kind of think outside the box and you make it happen. Um. Hmm. Well, hmm. I infamously wrote a full feature story about Jay Z in one day um jesus wow yeah we did a jay i've never interviewed jay one-on-one uh for for whatever reason but i did interview him with a group of journalists and i'm in there with rolling stone and i I don't know all these heavy heavy hitters and we're all interviewing him as a group and the other part is this only two black people were in that room maybe 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 three or something whatever 
Um, as far as internet, it might have just been me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Jesus. But oh. the point is, is you know, I and another person asked all the questions. Really? Yeah. Uh. And you could tell that Jay was like really talking to us as well. And we're in there chilling with Jay. I mean, it was an incredible vibe. I mean, it literally, uh, we stayed really long. <laughs> you know when it's time to go? Right. And you're in your head like, man, it's time to go. I wasn't leaving because I was like, this is a vibe. <laughs> right, we're yeah. we're going to stay. And then some of the journalists start trickling out. So long story short, I, I ended up um, knowing that all these guys are going to run and write something. And they're going to steal all my quotes. You know what I mean? And right. they're going to you know turn this into something. And I, I, I flipped like it, it was a couple thousand words in like one night with Damn. all the full color, all the pageantry of writing, everything. It was an incredible moment, and the artwork. Cause see, I'm an artist too. Shit, wow. You know, so I, I'm a, you know, I don't, I didn't mention this, you know. So when you talk about comic books, I used to draw my own comic books, and I used, to, and I learned Photoshop very, very early, and that was another part of all hip hop that we don't discuss as much. I, I, you know, did all the early website design, all the early photoshopping, all the imagery, you know, everything, and so, um, so I did this Jay Z feature with all artwork, everything. It was. Incredible. It was so impressive. <laughs> so that's 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 like one of the highlights. And DMX, I interviewed him, and he was in DM, DMX Prime. Um, but there, there's a lot. You know, all hip-hop as a company, we were the ones that broke uh, a notorious Tupac story, uh, a guy admitting to getting to shooting Tupac, mm. to shooting Tupac. It was a huge deal. And he implicated Jimmy Henchman. Super scary because Jimmy Henchman is like that guy you don't cross. Right. You know, and I, we were always nervous that he would be, you know, take it the wrong way. Mm. So there's there's a lot of moments, but I, you know, when you when you're in this game for a long time, you you actually forget a lot. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm talking to a uh, famous lawyer James McMillan who's represented everybody including people like Jay Prince, uh, Machine Gun Kelly and, and and a whole bunch of people. And and he's like, "Yeah, I used to remember I used to be your lawyer." And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> I was like, I totally forgot that. I just thought we were like cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize about uh, interviewing some artists about their their body of work, and like I'm quoting lyrics from them like ten, like five years ago, and they're yeah. like, I don't remember that. Right. You're like, wait, 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 you don't study your lyrics like I just did before this whole right. interview? No, um, definitely not. All right, it's uh, it's, it's 2019, right? Yes, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. lack of sleep. Almost 2020. 2020. Uh, you guys were established '98. Um, wh what? Why is if someone asked you why is allhiphop.com important mm -hmm. to not just the culture but to journalism mm -hmm. in general? What would your response be? Well, my response would be that all hip hop is important uh, because I first think independent journalism is necessary. People who are unbought and unbossed, to quote Shirley Chisholm, are necessary. We pioneered and continue, I might add, to pioneer many things that are now taken for granted, that are now standard, that are now customary. Everything from wireless, uh, what you know, I know wireless sounds very antiquated, but getting notifications from news to your phone mm -hmm. is something we were doing in the 1990s. The, you know what I mean? That's how we got cool with Jay, got cool with Russell got cool with Diddy and, and, and the whole industry. Now it's normal. We didn't, we've never really gotten credit for that. Mm. Um, 
But being a first or really close to first is a tough space to be in. A lot of times that means you're the first one to get screwed or you're the first right, one yeah. to uh, suffer business uh, uh, woes. And people learn from you and or maybe perhaps even perfect it, you know, or they may slice and dice you up into segments, which I feel has happened with all hip hop. You know, a lot of the gossip aspect of, of hip hop now literally came and was born out of our rumor section. Um, uh, even personally, I've done a lot like the Kendrick interview. That sort of format is very normalized now. A lot of people even pay um, or excuse me, charge the, you know, the consumer or the or the audience to come to those things. Right. I mean, we were doing a lot of stuff for free. Mm. So um, all hip hop's extremely necessary. And, and one thing that I'm very, 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 very um, resolute in doing going forward is really telling our story and reminding people who we are, reminding people what we're doing, reminding people the legacy. That's what everyone's doing now. Wu-Tang, you know, Wu-Tang and American Saga is, yeah. is, is a great show on Hulu. Who knew what Wu-Tang was before Wu-Tang? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's compelling content. It's compelling stories, you know, and not and not to even put it in a hip-hop box. You know, if you look at um, what we've done, it's really, it really transcends hip-hop. It's a story that's, that's decidedly, you know, the American dream. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so we're, we're, we're very important. And, and when I walk the streets more and more every day, I'm at, I'm at Genius and my homeboy Mikey is there. And I, he's, like, he's like, man, we're, we're filming uh, an artist go to Genius, you know, this kid and Ellie Chopper, and we're doing a day in the life. And Mikey's there. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, Mikey, is it okay if Chuck and all hip hop's team films this? He's like, man, Chuck can do anything. <laughs> I was an all hip hop intern. I'm like, I I forgot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to remember we populated a lot like pretty much all these companies. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We like train these people, we brought them up and we sent them through into the world. You're like where's our finders fee? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, to this day I think about finders fees about rappers that we broke and supported and now they're billionaires, not well, okay, not billionaires cuz only Jay is the billionaire, right. but a lot of millionaires. And you're like Where's my cut? Man? <laughs> Where's the love? You know what I mean? But we we laugh at it, man, and we're we're very appreciative of where we are. We're appreciative of um of being afforded the uh, ability to feed our families, the ability to impact people's lives. And that's a blessing, man. Mm. You know, no matter how you slice it, it's all worth it. Awesome. Yeah. He's the CEO and co-founder of allhiphop.com. Uh, it's a true honor to talk to you today, uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Creekmer, uh, in the library with Tim Einigo. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Motherfucker, say that I'm foolish. I only talk about Jews. Do you fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? See, I'm influenced by the ghetto you ruined. The same dude you gave nothing. I made something doing what I do through and through. And I give you the news with a twist. It's just his ghetto point of view. The renegade, you've been afraid. I penetrate pop culture. Bring them a lot closer to the block where they pop toasters. And they live with their moms. Got drop roasters from botch robberies. Niggas crotched over. Mommy's knocked up because she wasn't watched over. Knocked down by some clown. When child support knock, no, he's not around. Now, how that sound?
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.